Welcome to the Reinventing Education podcast. I'm Rob McLeod, joined by Brendan O'Leary. And today, we're looking at the beliefs on the concept of childhood and transitions into adulthood in the counselor-centered approach to school. If you don't know our difference between the expert, coach, and counselor, you can go back to episode 100. We have a deep dive in the terminology there. Today, we're assuming you know what we mean. This is the counselor approach, which, as you will see, is rather student-centered. How are you, Brennan? I'm not too bad at all, Robert. I'm not too bad. That's good. Can you present a little narrative, a movie, if you will, of how we've arrived at this counselor approach through just a quick overview of kind of the expert and coach views of childhood and the transition into adulthood and uh, how this impacts schooling and and what we we believe we are doing for students as we prepare them for the world. I'll give it a go. So we kind of suggested that in the expert-centered model, your responsibility as a child is essentially to watch and learn, take in the lessons from the experts around you so that it's a time of pre-social responsibility. You have your duties as a as a part as a person, as a child, uh, to behave yourself and do what's expected. But you don't really have any higher levels of responsibility. Um, you're almost too young to have that responsibility. Just wait your turn, and and um, one day all of this will be yours. As we move into the coach model, it. Yeah, we, we see the message that we get in a lot of schools now that it's your job um, to get the skills and knowledge so that uh, in the future, when the time comes to play your part in society, especially in the world of work, you're going to be ready for that. You're going to have the skills and knowledge to uh, achieve and succeed in, in that area. So school's job in that coach-centered model is getting you ready for life after most. Of course, you know, we are living day to day and we've still got to support each other and make our agreements and follow the rules. But we're really thinking about way down the line when we're entering the world of adult society. And a lot of that is based on developmental models and stage conception. Um, when we get into the counselor-centered model, we're no longer really looking outside to the experts or to the future in the world of work. We're now looking at the here and now. Uh, and the message is that you are a special person, an important part of the community, regardless of your age. And you have a lot of the answers inside you, or at least your contribution to the answers to our issues and our problems. You're, you're an important part of this community. You're trusted. And we're learning for our needs now in the short term, but also our needs in the your role within the community as well as your own role to flourish and develop as an individual is to grow as a member of that community. And um, the things you can do right now to support the community, we want you to do them. We want you to take that responsibility and play your part. And as you get older, that will probably grow. You'll probably have more and more responsibility, but you're certainly not on the sidelines right now. You're right there participating in the community in a meaningful way. And I think... What you've just described makes sense for the counselor. And I imagine some people, though, could imagine what you've just said for the coach and the expert as well. I think what's really important here in terms of the context of the counselor-centered school is that you've got students as an equal member in the school community in terms of school decisions. And you alluded to it, the learning no longer is centered around a curriculum or lineage. Rather, the students have full consent in terms of what they are learning, 
or if not full consent, at least negotiation with the counselor teacher about what their learning will look like. And I think it's those two factors, the fact that the student is at the center of their learning and the fact that the student is, for all intents and purposes, an equal member of the school in terms of decision making that makes everything you just said unique to the counselor, that they are who they are now and that's good and they exist on a tra trajectory. Of course, in the future, there'll be more. But right now, you already know what's important as you are now in the community. You are special and you have the answers for you now. And you can exercise that through decision-making in the school and through your choice in the classroom. Yeah. And I think the key is that actual meaningful responsibility and participation. Um, we've talked a lot about having responsibility in an expert school to follow the having the responsibility in a coach center school to meet your targets your goals but yeah once we get into the counselor center your responsibility is also to create those goals or create your next steps and, and learn from what's inside yourself and what you're experiencing in community to plot out that path yeah participatory so, yeah, is the word that comes up i find it's it's your responsibility yeah. to be a participating member, not just participating to do your duty, not just participating to do your best, participating in the actual development decisions life in the school itself. Which is a very different concept of childhood, what it means to a child and how that how you change and grow as the member of the community. And so if we having that all you know bearing that in mind that this is about children playing a meaningful participatory role inside their community and having control over their own education, being able to make important choices at every point along the route. But this is not an unchecked power. This is part of a community. There is going to be discussion, uh, negotiation and communication to to actually um, create the um, create the path together. But the when you get into how it's done, this is again when it really starts to be clear that this is a different model than you'd find in the school down the street, which is almost certainly running a coach-centered model, something that we call uh, here call mainstream. Um, you, this model embodies ideas such as holistic education and emotional intelligence. Uh, do you want to tell us a little bit about? those ideas and how they play a part in children's growth this model yeah so if we were to go back to the other two the expert approach to the classroom comes down to the teacher's professional discernment about what the time spent in the classroom what should be happening it's up to the teacher to decide when we move into the coach the teacher has given up some of their personal autonomy in terms of making the decisions and is usually carrying out some kind of school-wide initiative or approach. And those are kind of the two default settings. The expert's always going to default to what they discern to be most appropriate. And the coach is going to discern or fall back to rather what the school-wide approach is. And that's going to be their go-to. With the counselor, their kind of fallback or go-to is this more holistic approach, which is trying to move away from like rigid educational structures. It's moving away from the demands of a one-size-fits-all curriculum. It's moving away from the demands of any pedagogical approach that the child hasn't consented to. And it's trying to like recognize the student first and then work out from the student 
to include that individual's individual talents, learning styles, interests, sense of meaning, and be able to see beyond just maybe the lineage or traditions of an expert and to move beyond just the school-wide approach of differentiation and database decisions um, that don't have the child front and center and put that child front and center. And in terms of emotional intelligence, of course, you will see things like well-being or wellness promoted in an expert or coach school. This isn't you know, the, the property of a counselor approach, but a very common theme is you do see much more emphasis put on things like emotional intelligence in the counselor school and approaches to childhood that are developmentally appropriate and, you know, backed with some research in terms of transitions into adulthood. And there will be a lot of emphasis on well-being, emotional awareness, empathy, interpersonal skills. And those are crucial because, as we've alluded to now, there, that participatory nature of being in the counselor approach requires some pretty reasonably strong interpersonal skills to do effectively and in a meaningful and in a productive, but also kind and inclusive way. Yeah. And just going back to the holistic education part, the other aspect of that could be how much of yourself you're able to bring into your education. And again, we, we alluded to it and talked about it in terms of nurturing individual talents of an individual of each child. But again, in the expert model, there is a the expert is deciding what you will learn and how you you don't necessarily get a lot of say in it. The coach centered, you might have some ideas about the strategy, you might have a little bit of scope in the direction that the education goes, especially in things like project work. Um, however, it's still within a pretty teacher centric and, and, and kind of curriculum decided framework. And then we were that this aspect of holistic, uh, we, your thoughts and feelings, your emotions, your experiences, your culture, your cultural background, all of those things are entirely relevant to everything we do. They're not second or front and they are the thing that we are going to use to focus education. Um, and so, yeah, that lens is is really distinct. And that is something that clearly as children move through those stages, whether you view it like the Piaget stages, kids becoming more able to um, think concretely and then abstractly, as they move through those stages, um, the, they're going to become more complex as humans and that's going to be reflected in the types of inquiries and the types of questions, things um, this sort of counsellor-centred education is going to uh, promote and have it. Yeah, and this idea of supportive communities, I think, is a critical part of this. The idea that all of us here are in service of the well-being of the community and the well-being of the individuals involved in there is this attempt to foster understanding and appreciation of different cultural backgrounds and I think equity, ensuring that people are getting what they need becomes a focus for sure. And as we've already alluded to several times, the participatory decision-making process, this idea that children should be involved in the discussions about their own education and well-being may have been there to some degree in the expert or coach. It might have been slightly tokenism that they were included in discussions or they may have been consulted but the idea that they'd be active participants about decisions about the school, about their education, about their well-being, this is definitely, the volume on that has turned up to 11 when we get to the counselor approach. And as with anything, Brennan, I know this is usually your line, there's good things, there's bad things, 
There's babies, there's bathwaters in terms of this counselor view of the role of children and the transition into childhood. What are some of the good things first? Um, oh, one of the one of the big things, as we've said, is it's focusing not on future events, not on things that you will eventually come, but it's saying that you right now are important. Your thoughts, your feelings, your emotions, your interactions with other people, that is the important thing. That is the underlying meaning as you move throughout your life, is going to be you, your perspective on the world. And that is key to this form of education. What matters to you matters to your teacher to, on a deep level, and that matters to the community. And vice versa, the community and its needs matters to the students as they become fully participatory members of that community. Um, you have your own path. Uh, and you will always have your own path, and that is the the mindset that we're that this type of education is is asking for students to view the world in. Uh, th- this is my life; I'm living it. This is not not in a selfish way. I'm part of this community, but it is my life. I have to take responsibility, ownership. But that brings with it so many um, things that I could do. The path is entirely open, but you're supported by the people around you. There's a John Bon Jovi song that's all about that theme. It's my life. Living on a prayer. (laughs) When we watched the School Circles documentary, the word that jumped out to us the most was this idea of consent, both in terms of school-wide decisions. But it's a fascinating idea to think that we've moved through the expert and the coach-centered approaches to education, which basically said, hey, learning is your duty, or you must exhibit or demonstrate your personal best on every activity we give you. And we need to see growth and development. And it's not until the counselor go, hold on, did the kids agree to get involved with this? No, they were just pushed into this. They don't have a say whether or not they participate in this. They just have to do it. And it can be fairly high stakes. This notion of consent to the learning and not just you have some choice within a a, a range we have provided for you, but this idea of you have choice potentially over the content and all those five W's and the H, the when, the where, the why, the with who, the how, the all of these things. This inclusion of your full self, you're fine as you are now. You don't have to edit pieces of yourself to be part of our community. This is huge. And just the, the strong sense of community this can create. The idea that, no, we are to some degree self-governing in the sense of What's going on in this place is this shared enterprise between everyone involved in this. And that that lends the potential to a sense of ownership that I don't think you can achieve in the other two. So those are the good things. Let's shift over to some of the bathwater or perhaps framing this in two ways, maybe things that can go wrong with this approach or some of the criticisms that either a coach or an expert looking in might have about these beliefs about childhood and transition into adulthood. Yeah, so definitely one um, criticism that you might find from the expert approach and possibly from the coach approach is that this is a very risk business. These are young people who have not learned to take this responsibility and they haven't earned that right either. So we're giving these young people a heavy burden and a lot of power that they could make very bad decisions um, along the way. Now, there's a little bit of a strong man there in the sense that um, most participatory and uh, 
counselor-centered schools are not entirely free choice. They are guided. It is a negotiation. However, it is a, a concern from the expert center that the students just aren't ready for it. You're, this is not a good decision to give young people that amount of power for themselves. It's not developmentally also, appropriate. That is what I guess a coach-centered approach for them, but expert too. They're they're not ready. It's not developmentally appropriate. They are not capable of abstract thought. They're not capable of taking that responsibility on board. But also they're going to ruin it for the rest of us, maybe, if they can make suggestions and take us in directions that are not healthy um, and causal. And there is also the sense of just letting kids be kids, letting children eventually move into roles of greater responsibility. But from day one, maybe they don't need that level of responsibility. It can come later for sure. But the time that's used for these kinds of negotiations, these circles, these sociocratic processes, this is time you could be using for other things. And those could include just more free play time or more guided instruction time or more whatever. Just this idea that the time that is required to do this well simply could be used for something else which might serve our community's need in a in a better way yeah and in line with that especially from a coach centered approach it's a wasting a waste of time and energy and it's going to result in lower achievement and we still live in a world of credential and if you're not on track for grade level and if you're not making those expectations in the curriculum then you're not going to achieve and you're not going to be able to move into the adult world in a way that you can use this because you won't be in, in a position where you can influence and make meaningful decisions um yeah and that's a concern uh, of course that you could argue back that that oversimplifies the paths we have on uh open to us there's um as a as a famous man from birmingham once said there's always time to change the road you're on um but uh Marquis yeah Smith. that's right but it, you know genuinely if you're in a school that is is very much statistically driven about keeping kids on expected grade level expectations that's not going to be happening in a school where there's all of these not only inside the classroom decisions about how you do things but all this additional time spent on making decisions about the school that would in an expert or even a coach center be made by the people in authority yeah and there's also a buy-in to a certain philosophy and this is not to say that this philosophy itself is wrong i i agree with part of it but if to me it's a partial philosophy i think there's another side of the coin this is the idea that you are perfect already, and you're only corrupted by this world. So you as the student walking in at whatever age, four, five, six years old, you're already perfect. You're already inherently good. And anything that bad that happens comes from this power structure, or comes from our imposition, or asking you to sacrifice what is already good about you. And this idea that life and school will take away your goodness, your instinctive goodness. And I think there is some merit to that, but I think that's one piece of the puzzle that ignores perhaps other nature and nurture discussions about, well, what are the other goods that can come from school, from communities, from life, from doing things you don't want to do sometimes, all this sort of stuff. I think it's it's a limited perspective on the issue. Yeah. And that, you know, within the counselor-centered approach, what might be termed as progressive education, the 
the views of the more radical end, which would be Rousseau was one of the first thinkers that came up with this idea of the child is essentially perfect, whose job is to get out of the way. And then you had someone that's a little bit more in the middle, like Dewey in the 30s, that was like, no, it needs to be guided. And Montessori is going to be in that area too. It's like, you're only going to get the best out of these kids if you're in there asking them questions, changing the environment, nudging them. It's not going to happen itself. Um, so even within that end of the spectrum, those discussions are going on. And definitely, and I, I've, I've experienced this at times with when we're moving far into that counselor centered and students are making bad decisions that may even hurt themselves and others. And still that trust is continued to be, I'm trusting you to continue to, you know, um, to make these right decisions, both in the short term and the long term. But the evidence in front of you is suggesting that that's not what's happening. Um and you may not have the strategies within a counselor-centered approach to step in once it's gone that far. Whereas, obviously, the expert with its strict discipline and rules would be almost the opposite. You'd never get to that far because there's never been that release uh, of, of choice and the ownership over the learning. But yeah, very much, you know, the the expert and coach might criticize the counselor-centered uh, classroom that is chaotic. And those kids are hurting each other and they're hurting their chances and they're and you're not doing anything about it because you believe they're going to just learn by going through this experience. Well, they might do, but they also might not. And they might come out of it very scarred at the other end. Um, it gets complex once you get into these kind of uh, uh, areas of education that, ha- that that are based on far less fixed structure. So there we have it. Yeah, I think we 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 kind of went a little bit outside the kind of remit of that transition into adult and the concept of childhood, but I think it's so heavily embedded in the, the philosophy. I think we hopefully give people an overview of how teachers in each of these types of schools, the counsellor teacher, would view their children. All right. Thanks, Brendan. Thanks, Rob. The end. The end. Who would have thought it?